0: Money, Riches, and Wealth is sponsored by the Financial Consulate.
1: Say you don't need no diamond rings, and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that
2: you want the kind of things that money just can't buy.
0: I don't care too much for money. Money can buy me enough. This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here's your host Drew Tignanelli.
3: This is Drew Tignanelli here, Money, Riches, and Wealth here with co-host Leo LaVeza. It's How always you, good to Leo? be with you, Drew. Yeah, it's great to be with you and uh, Leo. We're doing an open show tonight, right?
0: That's right, we are.
3: So our listeners are our guests, and that means they get to call in and ask the questions that they want to ask. And if you uh, have one of those questions you want to direct that conversation, now's the time to call in four one zero nine two two six six eighty if you want to call in and ask your question four one zero nine two two six six eighty is the way to call in and ask your question and direct the conversation saying this is the most important thing to me i don't know what you want to talk about but if you answered this question that would be really helpful to me and uh, probably a lot of other listeners always remember that your question is probably something that a bunch of other people want to call and and or hear the answer to but they're just not the kind of people call in and ask a question on the radio so you have to do it for them so uh, if you're bold enough to call in ask your question 922 two6680 not only help yourself but help those out there that aren't gonna call in and they want to hear the answer to your question, also. So, whatever it is, if it's uh, dealing with tax planning, maybe it's dealing with Social Security or Medicare, maybe it's dealing with your 401k plan, or uh, maybe you're preparing your taxes this year, and you have a question on that uh, um, estate planning, elder care. You got parents that are in you know situations where you might need help. From the government, uh, you know, auto, home, life, long term care, it deals with your money. We're here to help answer your question. 410 922 6680. Leo, we got a couple uh, educational things coming up. Uh, Maddie's
0: putting out an article, right? That's right. It was posted earlier this week about 1031 like kind exchanges.
3: Actually, Justin Lithicum wrote that article. Maddie's just the one that's overseeing, making sure that it gets posted and so forth. And that's for people who own rental properties or uh, any kind of investment property. Even if you just own a lot that uh, you've been holding on to for years, and you're saying, "Hey, I need to get rid of this, but I paid twenty-five thousand for it. They're telling me it's worth one hundred and fifty now. I don't want to pay taxes on all that." This is a way that you can defer that gain and get into something that will produce you a better rate of return than that lot just sitting there. And uh, so, um, you know, that 1031 exchange article is very good for not only people who own rental properties, but also for people who just own an investment a lot. And they've just held it for years. Um, That would be considered investment property and you would be eligible for a 1031 exchange. And here's the key, you know, President Biden tried to do away with real estate 1031 exchanges. So if you don't do it uh, in the next year or two or three or whatever, if the Democrats get control of the House and the Senate and the uh, presidency, um, you know, they're going to do away with real estate 1031 exchanges. They've already made that clear. So um you know this is an article you really want to get to understand and maybe do it this year and run no chance that you're going to be eliminated from doing it beginning 2025 and on. So that's a great article and then um you know we're waiting for other uh for any caller to call in. We don't have any callers calling in 410-922-6680 if you want to call in 410-922-6680 This is a way to call in and ask your question. But, Leah, we have another uh, webinar that you and I are doing, and it's coming up in a couple weeks, right?
0: That's right. It's going to be February 23rd at noon.
3: Yeah, and I'm hoping to do it live. I'm not sure that it will be, but uh, if nothing else, it'll be... uh, It'll be taped and available on our website. And what is it all about there, Leo?
0: We are talking last minute tax savings tips, because even though it's 2024, Mm -hmm. there's still some things you can do to help your 2023 tax return.
3: There are, there aren't a lot. The best way to do tax planning is in the year of 2023. But after the end of the year, there are still maneuvers that you can pull off and if you're thoughtful about them, and don't don't trust your tax preparer to do them. Your tax preparer is trying to do four, five, six, seven, eight hundred returns, and they're trying to get them all done before April fifteenth or at least extend them before April fifteenth. And uh, they just don't have time to sit around and think about these things. They consider it your obligation. you You give them what you've done, and they'll they'll put it into the return properly. But they're not there to give you tax planning advice. They're there to get your tax return done, and that's really the key there. So um, this this art this uh, webinar might be a great opportunity for you uh, if you want to get that on our website. Financial consulate, like an embassy, c o n s u uh, l a t e dot com is the way to get there, and then you go to the knowledge center and you'll find our our consulate journal where that article on 1031 exchanges will be you'll see the podcast for money riches and wealth maybe you didn't get to listen to a show and you want to listen to one redacted from commercials there's another good thing about it um, you can also uh, get the educational seminars that we do and uh, this one will be coming up in about two weeks february 23rd Anyway, Leo, no one calling in. Full first quarter of the show, we've got no one calling in. We're lonely. I have to talk to you all night. That could get really boring, don't you think? <laughs> I would agree. So, <laughs> more for you than it is for me. But anyway, 410-922-6680. Hopefully, you'll call in during this break, and we'll look forward to answering your question. Take Get away traffic. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical. And you will experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time You experience the difference.
0: More of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBL.
3: All right. We're back. Money, Riches, and Wealth. Uh, somebody's called in, but not a lot of people have called in. <clears throat> we only have one line, I think, right? That's right. One person online. So I still need uh, plenty more to call in if we want to keep this a lively show and uh, and uh, answer the questions that are most important to you, 410 410- 922-6680 is the way to call in. 410-922-6680. But maybe Barbara will break the ice for us there, Leo.
0: Let's hope. Barbara, mm-hmm. what can we do for you tonight?
1: Well, I hope you can answer my question. You're talking about something that I have an interest in, and that is the 1041 exchange. And um, I'm just wondering, how how do, do you have to, with what instruments, do you have to move the money to? Are there any, what are the rules?
3: So the, t- <clears throat> the 1031 exchange is such that when you sell the property, so <clears throat> what's going to happen is let's say I own a rental home is worth $300,000 and my cost basis on that rental home is $50,000. What I'm going to do is when I get a contract to buy the piece of property from me, I'm going to get what's called an intermediary, between me and that person.
1: Does it have to be done before the sale is consummated?
3: Yes, it has to be done before settlement date, not before Ah. you sign the contract, just done before you go to settlement. So let's say I sign the contract today, February 7th, and I'm gonna settle on April 1st, okay? So I get a contract today, a week from now I'm gonna go out and find an intermediary. The intermediary is going to stand between me and the buyer, and the buyer is going to technically settle with the intermediary. When the intermediary then settles with the buyer, the intermediary is going to hold on all the money, and you have no access to it. From that point, you have 45 days to identify three properties that you could potentially buy. It
1: has to be more, excuse me one second, and it needs to be property. If you sell land or you sell a house or whatever, it has to be like kind of the
3: same. No, it can be any kind. If I sell a lot or raw land or I sell a rental home or I sell a commercial building or whatever, as long as it's investment real estate, that's the like kind. Okay? So if oh, I sell that property old. for $300,000, I can take that 300000 And I can buy a lot for three hundred thousand. I can buy a commercial piece of property for three or I could buy a new rental home for three hundred thousand dollars or more. As long as I spend at least three hundred thousand or more, then the whole thing is tax deferred. If I only spend two hundred thousand, then I have one hundred thousand dollars of what we call boot. And that boot would be one third taxable. And the other two thirds would be tax deferred in the 1031 exchange.
1: Okay. And uh, is there any length of time for the deferral or it can go on Okay, again? so
3: I was I was mentioning that once the property settles, the intermediary holds on to your money. You have no access to it. You have 45 days to identify three potential properties that you would you would I like said, to buy.
1: When I when you said deferred, I'm referring to the time like you know you have deferred savings in your 401k. Is that the you talking about that for we. Re- so it's not when I say
3: deferred, I just mean that the you don't have to report the gain from uh-huh. the sale of the rental or the real estate that you sold, okay? Uh-huh. When would so you, if you have to sell it? What's that?
1: When would you do you have to at any time report that gain? At some point
3: Yeah, you will report the gain on your on your tax return. So let's say it's two thousand and twenty four I signed the contract on, two, on February 7th, 2024, and I paid $50,000 for the property. It's now worth 300000 so I've got a $250,000 gain. I get an intermediary, stand between me and the buyer. The buyer gives the intermediary my $300,000 minus the expenses of the sale, and the intermediary holds the money. I have 45 days to identify properties I want to buy. Once I identify those properties, I have 180 days from the day of settlement to buy one of those three properties to defer the sale. And if I do that and I do it all properly, the the gain is deferred. But when I do my tax return, I have to report that I sold the property, I did a 1031 exchange, I did it properly, and the gain is deferred.
1: Okay. I understand everything you said. Well,
3: I appreciate that I made that clear.
1: You did, You, but, you know, it still comes back to when you do sell the property, when you actually sell it, not, not do a 1031 exchange on it, but you actually sell it, that's when you would report that gain that you've earned.
3: That's correct. So
1: okay.
3: let's say I, I bought a new piece of property for $500,000, and I deferred $250,000 gain into that new property, and then a year later I sell that $500,000 property for $500,000, I will then report that deferred gain from that original piece of property at the time I sell. So whenever you sell and you don't do a ten thirty one 31 exchange, that's when it all comes to roost and you have to pay the gains on it.
1: And on rental property, if you've had rental property, the, um, is the uh what do you call it? the depreciation that's taken on it each year is add is it added back, uh, actually subtracted from the whatever the sale price?
3: Well what happens with the depreciation, if I paid two hundred thousand for something and I depreciate a hundred thousand of it, then my cost basis becomes one hundred thousand, not two hundred thousand. So if I sell it for three hundred thousand I have a two hundred thousand dollar gain not a $100,000 gain because I took all that depreciation. So
1: That depreciation has to be added back in.
3: Well, the depreciation is subtracted from your cost basis. So, yeah, you can say it either way pay, you want. But us accountants, tax. we look at it as subtracting from the cost basis.
1: But bottom line, you will be paying taxes on that.
3: Absolutely. It's called uh, recapture.
1: Okay. I have one other question, if you have time. And that is involving um, what I thought was Earned income. What happens with? Uh, I know that workers' comp is non-taxable. When people have, um, say, if they're getting Social Security disability and they have children, they're able to take advantage of the Earned Income Credit, Child Tax Credit. You know the credits that was right.
3: Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
1: So what happens to someone who has six children? Was uh, hurt December twenty second. Had to, they gave him a lump sum $20,000, non taxable lump sum 20000 uh, They He needed money because he was really badly hurt. So court. What do the you answer
3: to your question is pretty straightforward, Barbara. And the answer is, is that there is a $2,000 tax credit. 1400 of it is called a refundable tax credit, meaning that you'll get it even if you don't have earned income. So you'll get at least 1400 without earned income. But if you want the remaining 600 of it, you have to have taxes up to $600 of it that you'll pay that you would reduce your tax liability by.
1: But you still would ha- you have to have employee identification number for whoever is paying that money. And this money is awarded from by the workers compensation insurance company. Forget that. For,
3: your question was on the credit for the children that you have. Right.
1: You'd have to have the earned income.
3: To- no, no, no. Well, yeah, yeah, if you do have earned income, you'll get the remaining credit. But you're going to get a fourteen hundred dollar non-refundable credit for each child, regardless if you had any income whatsoever. So any- let's say I didn't work at all. I could file a tax return with six kids and they'll give me, uh, what's that, $8,400 or something like that. You know, you know? I'm
1: boy, I'm, I'm, I, have, I don't have an issue as far as the child tax credit because even the illegals get that if they have a Social Security number for the kids, whether they're here or wherever. Correct. Uh, but with the earned income credit, and that is a refund.
3: Oh, the earned income credit. Now, the earned yeah. income credit requires earned income in order to be eligible for the earned income credit.
1: Compensation is not treated the same way as Social Security disability. Correct. Ah, so workers' comp is, is never considered to be earned income. Um, you know,
3: not that, know I, okay. not that I know of. That's all the best I can say. Not that I know of.
1: If they don't issue a statement with an employer identification number, I guess that's a moot point
3: that's true for the earned income credit that's correct. for
1: the earned income credit we you know the child tax i gotta credit. i gotta It'll
3: take my heartbreak at 629 i'm sorry i gotta go right now well, but it was a great conversation something to your show. Yeah, thank you. We got to go. We got to go to traffic. We'll be right back. This is Drew Tignanelli and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you will experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financial physical. Dot .com That's financialphysical.com It's time you experience the difference
0: Now back to more of money riches and wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM
3: all right, we're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth. We're here on an open show, second half of the hour. First half was really slow, but Barbara picked it up, and she got some other people to call in with us, 410-922-6680, because their line's still open. But we've been making poor Alan hold too long, so let's go to Alan.
0: That's right. Alan, thanks for your patience. What's on your mind tonight?
4: Um, My question is, a I I understand that I should be taking my money out of the 401k and putting it elsewhere uh, due to the taxes on it, uh, thinking it's going to be the cheapest for the next couple of years. Uh, the amount that you take out, is there, you don't take it all out, I'm assuming, uh, that you would only take up to a certain tax bracket?
3: So I think that you have uh, a misunderstanding. Okay of what you should be doing. there's a lot of people saying this you know that oh the trump right. tax laws are going to end so you need to be doing this this and that and and there's there there's a there's a modicum of truth there okay so because okay. you know like take for example the average person who makes a uh, hundred to two hundred thousand dollars is probably in what's called the 22 percent tax bracket okay the and that's the, am, the, right.
4: at the lower end of that statement
3: okay <laughs> Okay, so um, when the Trump tax laws end, your tax bracket's going up to 25%, okay? So it's a 3% jump jump that it's going to go, all right? But there there are other things that are also going to be impacted. You're going to be able to write off all your state and local income taxes, which currently you're not able to write off your state and local income taxes. You're only allowed to write off 10,000 of them. So um, there, there are some pluses and minuses to all of it. But any, any amount that you take out, Alan, from your 401k and move it over to the Roth 401k or move right. it into a Roth IRA, you're gonna have to pay taxes on. So you need to do it extremely wisely. You need to okay. think it out and understand, am I willing to pay this, and if I do this, Is it going to impact other things? Now, when we do it, we use a very as 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 knowledgeable as I am about taxes. I don't take the chance that I can do it all in my head. We use a very uh, sophisticated tax planning software that we say, okay, if Alan is here's his tax situation. Let's say this is what it's going to look like for 2024. If he moved fifty thousand of his over, is, is he gonna? Is he gonna? Cause himself more benefit, or more, or is there going to be some harm? And we might see that if you do fifty thousand, it could harm you seriously. But if you only do forty-three thousand, it could be extremely beneficial. And the tax laws are that screwed up now. They're that screwed up that little, literally, just a couple thousand extra dollars could impact you extremely negatively.
4: Does my age have an impact on this?
3: Yeah, age has a tremendous impact. How old are you approximately?
4: Sixty-seven.
3: Sixty-seven. So here's a big thing for you. Okay. So sixty-five. All people over sixty-five in the state of Maryland, if you're single, you get a thousand-dollar tax credit. If you keep your income below a hundred thousand dollars, if you're married and you keep it below yeah. one hundred and fifty, you get a seventeen hundred and fifty-dollar tax credit. Now, so think about it. Let's say your income is one hundred and ten thousand and somebody says, Oh, you got it to- you got to convert. You got to convert. You know, and so you go in and you do a fifty thousand dollar conversion because you're going to keep below the twenty two percent tax bracket. Well, all of a sudden, what you just did is popped your income up over one hundred and fifty thousand. You just lost seventeen hundred and fifty dollars of tax breaks, and it's worse than that because you also just lost thirty two hundred dollars of Maryland tax exemption. So in essence, that fifty thousand dollar conversion just cost you two thousand dollars of Maryland income taxes. And these are the kind of things you got to be very careful about and just don't take these flippant things, these articles that come out and say, oh, the Trump tax laws are ending, and you got to do it. Yes, you need to be thoughtful about it, absolutely. Be thoughtful about it, but don't rush into it without really serious tax planning because and the – go ahead. Does any
4: of this have to do with uh, – I heard you say earlier about – some Things you can do retroactive of 24. Uh, is
3: this taking well? Money that's out what and you're well, well, yeah. So, let's say you did make a mistake and you did 50,000 at the end of the year, and all of a sudden, we find out you come to us afterward at the in 2024 5 and say, Hey, you know, here's my stuff. I did this great conversion. I saved the tra- Trump tax cuts you know, and so forth. And all of a sudden, we said, Oh my gosh, Alan, look what happened here. Then we're going to look at all those different things and say, is there anything we can possibly do to salvage this tax return? Um, but usually the, the answer line. is usually the answer is no. So <laughs> even though these are things you can do, it doesn't mean you will be able to
4: do them. So the bottom line is, come see me.
3: <laughs> well, not me, I, but go go yeah, see somebody I, and make sure yeah. you have really thorough, good tax advice before I you do you a conversion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I buddy. I
4: already have. I just have to call the council. <laughs> All
0: right, buddy. Take All care. Right. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. That's a great question. Yeah, that's right. We've got next. We've got Al in Essex. Al, what can we do for you tonight?
5: Yeah, thanks for taking my call, Drew. Um, my situation, and I learned something uh, uh, just listening to that conversation. I haven't gotten to the uh, Maryland side of my income tax yet, but I, I didn't even realize. Uh, that I would get a tax. Um, I am eighty-six years old. Uh, okay. And uh, the uh, that thousand bucks is is a credit against uh, any tax that I would have to pay. Uh, I didn't know. Right. That. it's
3: a it's a credit against your Maryland tax. It doesn't reduce yes. your county piggyback tax. And are you single
5: or married? I'm retired. I'm uh, I'm a widow. Yeah, I'm single.
3: Okay, so if you're single, if your income has to be below 100000 if you're $1 over that, you lose the $1,000 tax credit. So you've got to be very careful to keep, and that's your federal adjusted gross income. That's not your Maryland taxable income. Right. That's your federal have, adjusted gross income.
5: I don't have a problem with that. I've been retired 33 years, so okay. I'm, well, I'm working on old money plus Social Security, thank God. Good. I haven't gotten to my question. Here's my question: Is that I have what I call a self-directed IRA portfolio of stocks? Okay. I bought myself for reasons why I I wanted to. Well, unfortunately, uh, because the stock is in an IRA uh, account, uh, I cannot I cannot sell them and take a loss. Uh, Correct. Just. That's the detriment. Uh, when they make money, I don't have to uh, until I sell it. But, okay, what well, I'm just looking for an opinion is that probably half of what I have is uh, underwater, so to speak, where I, I've, uh, I, I, they're there, and I don't know whether, since I can't take a loss for them and, and get some money there, should I just leave them there? uh and uh, hope that they will rise from the the dead uh or and uh take that take the residual money of what they are worth and uh put them into my winners, which uh thankfully I do have the the magnificent seven and uh they're doing pretty good.
3: Well. I don't know the stocks that you have that are underwater, so I can't comment on them, you know, because. You
5: know, they've been dead. Let's say they, there's been inactivity in them. And uh, yes, I can understand. Uh, there are some stocks that I thought uh, would be do very good at the time, but it hasn't worked out that way.
3: Yeah. So. Um, you know i would probably you know if you don't think they're economically viable then i would probably sell them and start looking for another opportunity i don't necessarily know i would put them in my winners because you know those uh, magnificent six or seven this is not the first time in history that we've had a magnificent six or seven go back to 1969 you can read all about ibm and all those companies that were the the magnificent companies or go back to 2000 when we can tell you all about lucent and worldcom and all them so you do have to be carried you do have to be extremely careful when people are convinced that these are the only companies that will ever make money again and uh, so i wouldn't over concentrate in them uh, apples a great company and um, uh, and i'm not i'm not concerned about apple i'm not sure nvidia is the greatest company as it is that's an easy an easy industry to overcome Uh, that their technology could come out of favor relatively quickly. Um, You know, there's a lot of people arguing that they can't, but I've heard that before. Uh, Apple, on the other hand, they have a market presence and a market share that is unprecedented in almost all of commercial history. Uh, that's right. why I think Buffett still owns the company. Amazon also is a similar company with a similar market presence and stuff. Nobody can really compete against Amazon, only Walmart possibly, but they just don't have the uh, ingenuity right. to try to uh, outpace them. But the rest of them, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about it. Microsoft is also, I put that in the Apple and Amazon category. But Netflix, uh, Alphabet, and uh, Nvidia—I'm not sure they're going to be able to hold their dominance for long uh, unless they come up with something else. So I'd just be careful about putting it in the same. I'd try to look for new ones for you.
5: Well, fortunately, uh, I do. have Besides that, I do have Eli Lilly, and uh, but I only have 30 shares and. I like No oh,
3: there's one that account you account can account really account. seriously consider. Like but unfortunately I got to run to a traffic break Al. so I got to okay. go and I'll back be uh, back at Money Riches and Wealth after this break.
0: Riches and wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM.
3: We're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here with Leo Leveza and uh, we are on an open show. We just answered uh, Alan's and uh, Alan's, Alan, Alan's questions. And uh, we have Steve on the line. Mike is also joined him on the line. We probably have uh, room for another couple callers. If you want to call in during this open show, 410-922-6680. 410-922-6680. Let's go to Steve. He's been holding. Oh, we're actually going to up.
0: go to Mark first, though. So we're we're going to go, go
2: to Mark. Okay. That's
0: right. So Mark in Rosedale. Mark, thanks for your patience. What can we do for you?
2: Oh, thank you for taking my call, Drew. Um, yeah. I'm 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 uh, wondering if you can tell me, is there a uh, percentage that Medicare uses for out, outpatient procedures, or if there's a formula they use? Yeah, I'm I'm not sure what formula they use,
3: but um, you know, don't you have Medicare supplemental?
2: Uh, no, I don't. I should I, I should, but I I don't know. How I old are eight. you now? I'm seventy-six.
3: So, I mean you' never carried a Medicare supplemental
2: no, unfortunately, no,
3: okay, well, um you know, normally, the rule of thumb is about sixty to seventy percent is what they pay of most bills
2: okay now, now another the next question is is when you get a bill from the hospital, uh, I don't think they're they're um deducting that percentage. Because I get, I've gotten many bills from like, well, I go to Johns Hopkins Bayview and I've gotten several bills and they're all different. Yeah, so uh,
3: normally what they're going to do is they're going to bill the insurance company, but they may send you the bill also uh, before the insurance company reimburses them, or should I call Medicare reimburses them. So that could be what you're seeing. Um you really don't have to do anything until you see what Medicare reimburses them until you know how much Medicare reimburses them. you don't know how much you owe them
2: now if I called Medicare, would they be able to give me that information no you, you know,
3: if they do it would be it would be you would you would have you'd spend at least a week trying to get through to somebody who could be able to figure that out for you mm. Do you have a Medicare.gov login? Do you have children that are good with uh, online stuff?
2: I could probably get my brother. I don't have a computer, but I could probably get my brother to uh, do that.
3: Yeah, if you if you go in and sign up for Medicare.gov, you can see all the bills that have been submitted for you and what they've uh, and what they've paid and so forth, or what they're going to do, or that it's in processing or anything like that. So that's what I would do. Is I would get uh, somebody to help you set up a Medicare.gov login, and then log into your account and see what claims they have against your account right now.
2: All right. Okay. Can I ask you one more one more quick question? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, oh, do, do you, when um when you uh, uh, talk to the hospital, do you have a right to ask for a? itemized bill from them
3: absolutely As a matter of fact you'll probably find that 30 percent of the stuff on there I'm just throwing out a number but 30 percent of the stuff on there is ridiculous- Uh
2: uh-huh. because you know, in I, other I, words
3: I talk, they go ahead
2: oh, I, I talked to um, uh they have a place at Bayview where you can pay your pay your bill and I I went up there to pay it and I asked them if, if I could get an itemized bill and they said they don't do that
3: they have to do that. They, by law, I believe, by law, they have to give it to you. They can't uh-huh. just give you a, a a total and say this is what you owe us. You have a you have a legal right to know how they came up with the numbers that they came up with.
2: Okay, I thought that was I thought that was uh, you know the law, but I wasn't quite sure.
3: Well, you can always call the Attorney General of the State of Maryland and ask them. You know, they will they will tell you what laws and rights you have with something like mm-hmm. this.
2: All right. Yeah, I have. Yes, yes, sir. I thank you for your time. Thank All you right. very much. Take
3: care.
0: That was Good a great question. question. Yeah. So now we're going to go to Steve in Baltimore. Steve, what can we do for you tonight?
4: Well, uh, to answer uh, the gentleman's question, he should get an uh, explanation of benefits from Medicare.
3: Uh, yeah, right. Uh, and that you, you should get that.
4: Bill. Right. Well, that's
3: why I want him to sign in. That way, if he signs in, he'll get that.
4: He'll get it all, right. right. Uh, my question was a continuation of the 1031. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of buying a beach house, but I understand there are some strict rules that need to go along with that.
3: Yeah, so um, do you already own a rental property? I own a rental
4: property, yes, that I'm selling.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're selling the rental property. So here's what I would do if you you came to me and said, I want to do this. So I would sell my rental property, do 1031 exchange. okay, and uh, then I would buy whatever beach property you want to buy. But for three years, three years, I would rent it unconditional. And you don't get to use it other than 10, 12 days. That's it. You can only use it for like 10 or 12 days for the first three years. At the end of three years, after you've rented it, you could take it off the market and use it as your own for the rest of your life.
4: So it's 10 or
2: 12 days a year?
3: 10 or 12 days a year is all you can use it if you want, okay. to, if you want it years. to be an official 1031 exchange.
2: Okay,
4: and then the taxes are deferred still?
3: And the, the taxes senior. are deferred. Now, yeah. you know, I mean, technically, 10 to 12 days, you could use it personally, um technically also you can use it if like the it's a condo let's say and the condo association has a meeting you could go down there and stay in the condo for a night to go to the condo association meeting you can go down and stay in the condo because it needs to be renovated and you're gonna work with the workers to get it renovated so you know I mean, you can fudge it a little but you got to be really careful and you got to log everything that you do In case the IRS were to ask, because if they ever turn your 1031 exchange, it won't be pretty. Okay. All
0: right. right. Very good. Thanks. All right. Good. That's right. And then lastly, we've got Mike in Baltimore. Mike, what can we do for you? Mike? Mike?
3: Mike in Baltimore may not be Mike in Baltimore anymore. He (laughs) may be Joe in Baltimore by now.
0: (laughs) He may not be in Baltimore anymore.
3: He may may be in Pennsylvania, for all we know. (laughs) So uh, well, we'll give up on Mike in Baltimore. We'll make up Mike's question there, Leah. What was Mike's question?
0: Well, we've got uh, we had a client ask earlier this week the energy efficient home improvement credit. There was a change to that this year and they were asking about that. Yeah, you
3: know, what is it? It's $1200 dollars now, right? It is. And, it, and, it, and it's yearly. It's not just once. That's you know? right. Yeah. yeah. So like if you put new windows in before, it was like one $500 credit, and that was it, you know, in your whole entire life. So we had to go back and check every return back to, like, 2002. Did they ever use this credit, you know? And now it's just $1,200 a year. But I think that just starts in 2024, though, right?
0: Yeah, it's uh, for any improvements of that happened after January 1st, 2023.
3: 2023 so we so, do have it available for the 2023 tax return we do right that's yep. cool see you know more about it than i do i yeah, sometimes keeping track of all this stuff can be really mind-boggling you know but that's a good one you know 1200 dollars. it's windows doors um hvac systems um uh i think insulation insulation and house wraps. Yeah. insulation insulation some new roofs can work also for that if, it, if it's proved uh, that it's energy efficient also. Some new siding can also help with that. So there's all kinds of things. You get that 1200 new wood-burning stove or something, you can get $1,200 for it also. Yep. Anyway, lots of different things. Leo, always a pleasure being with you.
0: There's no place I'd rather be on a Wednesday. <laughs>
3: I don't know about that, but <laughs> I'll take that as the truth. There we go. Anyway, this Drew Tignanelli thing, God bless.